Well, welcome back to season two of Neighboring. Neighboring is a podcast created by NeighborLink for Wayne, uh, where we sit down and attempt to try to ask the question, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? And we have a new question for this year, for this uh, season that we're also trying to ask is what makes a healthy neighborhood healthy? NeighborLink, for those that are unfamiliar with NeighborLink, NeighborLink started in Fort Wayne, Indiana in 2003. We are a web-based platform, essentially leveraging technology to bridge a gap between vulnerable homeowners that are falling through the cracks of social services, primarily seniors, people with disabilities, low-income families, single moms, really anyone that's facing life circumstances, trying to survive off of uh, fixed income, but has owned a home and that home is deteriorating around them and they just don't have the finances or physical ability to take those on. Each year we collect over over 2,500 requests for assistance, everything from yard work to cleaning to painting. And in our community, a lot of those types of projects kind of fall through the cracks. So in 2003, we launched our first website uh, that operates like an online bulletin board. So we take those couple thousand of projects each year, we put them online. And our heart was always to help mobilize churches back into the community to engage with uh, their vulnerable neighbors, to connect to those that are falling through the cracks. Uh, and today we work with over 150 different groups of volunteers in Fort Wayne, ranging from churches to small groups, to Boy Scout groups, to businesses, big and small, a lot of families, individuals. And what makes NeighborLink really unique is that uh, 100% of our projects are really self-selected and organized by our volunteers. So that online bullet more the technology aspect the website allows our volunteers to be able to go to the website uh, find the projects sort through 300 projects by zip code project type and then be able to connect directly to that homeowner uh, directly so it allows volunteers to have the least amount of barriers between um, what they want to do and what they can do and so for instance it's been snowing here and I could go into my zip code, which is 46807, look through that list, find Mrs. Smith that lives four blocks away from me, be able to call her immediately and go shovel that snow within an hour of finding the project. And uh, in Fort Wayne, we've done over 10,000 home repair projects since we started. Last year, we did 1,300 projects. And uh, we just love how technology can connect neighbors. And after doing this for about 15 years, we start to see uh, some issues, uh, systemic issues uh, facing neighborhoods uh, that really kind of boil down to uh, lack of connectivity, social framework kind of falls out. You know, someone is living life, they're, they're going about, they've raised their family, they lived in their home for 20 or 30 years, and all of a sudden life takes over. Uh, maybe it's a disability, maybe they hit retirement, uh, maybe it was some other illness and within six months to a year of that kind of instance happening life really slows down or life really doesn't slow down with them and over a period of years depending on what their economic status was their home begins to deteriorate and they're able to live independently most of the people we work with are able to live independently they just can't do the things that able-bodied individuals are or the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis to kind of keep up with all of that, NeighborLink kind of gets into the realm of everything from basic volunteer mobilization of the Boy Scout group wants to go mow some grass, all the way to groups that are trying to figure out what does comprehensive neighborhood development, what, what does it mean for a long-term engagement. So we've been doing this work for the past 15 years. In the last 11 years, we've been reproducing our model nationally. So we've seen NeighborLink work in other communities. 
And uh, this podcast, Neighboring, is really an outflow of what we're learning, but really the types of conversations that we're trying to have as a staff, uh, conversations we're having between churches and businesses and ourselves. And really, at the end of the day, NeighborLink is trying to help people become better neighbors. And uh, whatever that means, is it different to each, each individual? Sometimes that's a volunteer uh, that is coming out of a civic group or a business trying to figure out what social engagement looks like, but it could be a church just trying to figure out how to be missional or even community development. So today, I am joined by some of the staff here at NeighborLink 4 Wayne to help make this work. Uh, Lindsay Ray Porter. I'll let you guys actually introduce yourselves here in a second, but today we wanted to have a conversation to kick off season two about asking our team, like letting you in on a little bit about what types of conversations we have on a, on a weekly basis here. So we're going to go around the table and we're going to talk, we're going to introduce each other and then uh, talk a little bit about what we think each individually means to be a neighbor because chances are all five of us have some similarities, but we're going to be much different based on our experiences. So Lindsay, please start, introduce yourself, how you found yourself at NeighborLink and what, you, what your role is. Um, my name is Lindsay Ray Porter and I'm the Community Relations Coordinator. Um, I found myself at NeighborLink. I originally, my background is in um, teaching French and English as a second language. And I wanted to do something that impacted the community a, a little more. So I heard about NeighborLink through a friend, and here I am. Um, tell them a little bit what I think about what it means to be a good neighbor. Now. Yeah, you've not you you just joined the staff in early 2018, so yes. you've not been on a, a part of NeighborLink's community for very long. What have been some of your first impressions in terms of the type of work you've done, how you've got exposed to the model, like some of your first ex impressions of the type of work we're doing in NeighborLink? What's one thing that's kind of stood out to you? Hmm. I think a lot of things stand out. I think for me, it's really neat to show up and be a part of a neighborhood that you don't consider to be your own. I mean, you're showing up and you're entering into people's homes and you're invited into their, their story and you, I get to, my, my everyday routine gets to have an impact on them. It connects them to somebody who can fix their sink, who can fix their fridge. So I think for me, it, it has me asking, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? Am I being a good neighbor in my own community? Am I saying hello to these people that I, you know, I pull in the driveway, I wave to them, I'm saying hello, am I engaging? Am I asking how their children are doing or why, is your lawn not mowed? You know, like, how can I help you? So I think that it's kind of got me being around this uh, environment all the time and these people who are everyday people that you see at the grocery store that are actually in need of help. I think that it has me, as I'm entering and exiting my own neighborhood each day, it makes me, you know, really feel like it's it's my job to connect and these aren't just people who live on my same block. These are people, and these are, are people that, you know, when my kids are out playing, they're looking after my children. So how can I do a better job of engaging and asking the right questions to these people that are, you know, like I said, they are looking out for my children, and, you know, how can I be of, of more help to them? So I think that 
the more that I've been at NeighborLink and the more that I've been involved in people's stories and kind of welcome into their vulnerable, it has me um, just really wanting to indulge in, invest and cultivate my neighborhood a little bit better and the neighborhoods that, you know, I drive through to get to work as well. So, so uh, a big big increase in just kind of an awareness and a mindfulness oh of, my goodness yes you, right? oh yeah yeah for sure well you're going to hear a little bit more from Lindsay in the next couple of episodes Lindsay and i are kind of co-hosting this season of neighboring and so we'll be in some episodes together some she'll be leading some i'll be leading so expect to hear more from from Lindsay in the coming episodes uh to my right is derek smith yeah, so introduce I'm, yourself yeah i am derek smith um I, I uh, technically retired uh, two and a half years ago and uh, started volunteering. Um, that became an every week thing and then became multiple days per week. Um, it really, uh, it was really fun. Um, got with a bunch of really talented, caring uh, um, men and women. And uh, we volunteered and I really thought that uh, I could maybe do more and add some value to uh, to the staff at NeighborLink and started part time and um, it's been it's been uh, just so fulfilling and obviously um, reaching out to neighbors and doing what you can for them is good. Uh, as a volunteer, though, I find um, uh, we <laughs> actually uh, benefit uh, probably more than than what we're doing for for the neighbor and uh, just it's really been so fulfilling. Yeah. To to be a good neighbor, I think um, the, the one thing is uh, to to show that you're concerned about them, and also to reach out and help them in any way you can, and also be willing to understand what they're going through and ha and actually um, have them help you through things that you need help with as well. Yeah, one of the things you you talked about there is that idea of like feeling more impacted by this. I I often say in the last eleven years I've been the director of NeighborLink is that. I've been far more transformed and impacted by this work than I feel like we've done as an organization or I've done done individually. Uh, it's very, very true. Um, well, my name is Andrew Hoffman. I've been the executive director for the past 11 years. Uh, I started off in 2005 as a volunteer through my church and I was working in advertising and started taking on projects and then took on a few more projects and started taking leadership and then leading at our church and then eventually life, purpose, and vocation kind of were all crashing together, primarily because I was interacting with vulnerable neighbors and getting into some injustices and like wondering, one, why is that happening? Why do people go unknown in our community? Is when you pull into a neighborhood and you see everybody else's yard being mowed and nice and manicured, yet you're here mowing this one grass, this one person's yard that it's going to take you 30 minutes and you're wondering like, why doesn't anybody have 30 minutes in this neighborhood to, to mow the grass of their neighbor? And the more you do that, the more you learn why that is. So for the past 11 years, I've been the director of NeighborLink and uh, been really wrestling with this question of what it means to be a good neighbor in my own life um, as an organizational leader. And we've grown pretty rapidly for the first six years. It was just myself. And then we added uh, someone that isn't here in this, in this room today, Jeff, who is our director of volunteer mobilization and then Derek came on board and then in the last year we've added six other people so neighborlink in fort wayne is grown quite rapidly which leads into the next two guests um and newest team members so steve introduce yourself hi i'm i'm steve i'm steve eric i 
don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, you think I'm joking. No, I uh, am the motion graphics and uh, design apprentice. Um, I'm here uh, animating the, the titles and uh, putting together uh, a few graphics here and there for, um, for mobile and video uh, art. Why would a why would an organization like ours need a motion graphics person, well, Steve? Because we're uh, we're all we're also in the business of communicating uh, to the vulnerable and to the people who who have the opportunity to maybe fill those needs. And the best way to do that is through meeting them where they're at uh, on on digital platforms and through the website and. Is that the right answer? <laughs> I kind I of think, said you okay, one thing right? I wanted to say is when I first started working at NeighborLink, I mean, we had some videos to explain what it is that we do. It's kind of complicated. It took me a few months to like, wait, what does NeighborLink do? Wait, people are riding bikes for NeighborLink too? Wait, I don't get it. So to be able to have people who like you who yeah. are able to make videos look good and just to make them is nice so that people can well, connect with don't give me the credit for that That's hey all Brendan. you put words on a screen and that blows my mind because yeah. i can't do that so uh, two weeks ago i was just pouring lattes and telling people about jesus no it's <laughs> it's a completely different uh ball game i'm still in like the realm of trapper keepers and like yeah, I always am complaining that there's no search bar on my little notepad. I'm like, I have notes in here about it. I just don't. Like, you're where's the, where's the you're advanced. I'm in the Stone Age. Take it as a compliment. You're really cool, Steve. Well, operationally in neighborland communication, at the heart of what we're doing, we're using technology to bridge the gap. So it's really connecting people. And a lot of the disconnection comes down to the lack of communication and connection. And we've learned that uh, modern communication, video, storytelling, uh, the ways to humanize our work, to influence us all to go from intent to action. So storytelling is a big part of what we yeah. do in NeighborLink, um, not only building websites, but um, doing videos and motion graphics and making sure that uh, our messaging is, is at par with all the other things that are getting our attention. So Heather, introduce yourself um, and why you're interested in uh, being the, like the newest person in Amazon. <laughs> I'm Heather McKinley. Um, I started with NeighborLink a little over a month ago, so everything's still new and fresh to me. Um, but I actually have a degree in nursing that I got back in 2004, decided to stay home with my kids about two and a half years ago. Um, but I have a good friend who's not here tonight that works with NeighborLink who started last year. And as I heard more and more about NeighborLink from her, um, it was just something I wanted to be a part of. I just, you know, different times I'd say, how do I, how do I get to be a part of that? And the opportunity came up and here I am. Um, I do the, I take the phone calls for the project requests. Um, and put those onto the website for all the volunteers to see. And it's just been just lots of emotions with it. Um, some of the stories you hear are heartbreaking. Um, you just want to go out and round up people and say, who can help this person? Um, but it's, yeah, it's been very fulfilling. And I just want to be able to do more. Sure. I think it's really cool. I just can only imagine all the stories that you hear firsthand. I mean, I, I get on our website and I see the projects that are posted, but 
and, and I, you know, I'm seeing, you know, the person's name and what they need and some other details, but you're listening to their, their voice, you know, yeah. the emotion behind their voice. So that has to be really interesting and, and unique to, you know, be able to hang the phone up and not like, I could just go over there now. I could yeah. just load the car up and maybe yeah. I don't know how to fix this, but I can figure it. I mean, that would yeah. be really challenging for me. So. Yeah. It's not just a phone call. It's you hear their story. Sometimes you're just lending an ear. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they don't have anybody else to talk to and they need help. And yeah. at the same time, you're on the phone with them and they they just want to talk. Um have you found that to be kind of difficult to just hang the phone up and it let it be? And then it's like, yeah, you want to follow up with, I always, you know, a lot of them, I have the desire to follow up with them and um, just see how they're doing. And um, like I said, and like you said, you just want to jump in your car and go do it for mm-hmm. them, even though I have no idea how to build a weird wheelchair ramp. Or, yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's the cool thing is, you know, when you're showing up, when you get to work it, that you have the opportunity to work at NeighborLink, you're not just completing a small task. Right. I mean, the things you get the phone call and then I find a way to, you know, gather up people in our community right. and get them to show up to projects. Derek's going to show up to build the wheelchair right. ramp. You know, you're gathering, you know, you're helping us create the story, you know, visually. I mean, everybody play at NeighborLink plays a part. And I think that that's the neat thing about NeighborLink is when somebody calls our number, they're they're getting a team of people mm. who care. It's uh, we're kind of like the Care Bears. Yeah. The Care Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like getting a whole there team of people. Care Bears. Care. Yeah. <laughs> so all in our own way. There's that kind as a telephone. <laughs> Uh, of the 3,000 projects that we posted last year, on average every year, we about 80% come through our phone. So those that we're serving don't necessarily have to have access to technology. And it's always been that way. So we answer the phones, we talk, we follow up via voicemail or phone calls. And so every 80% of the projects that get posted, we've had some interaction with. And for so long, uh, you just end up wanting to like i wish our volunteers i wish i could record i wish i could get every every voicemail every phone call recorded and put onto our website because the tone the inflection the emotion there's crying there's story there's uh frustration there's all kinds of stuff that comes across via the phone in that human interaction that you know we, we still haven't figured out how to be able to like have connected messaging yeah. Or videos for every project because it makes a huge difference. Um, if it's influencing us when we take those phone calls, surely it would impact some of our, our volunteers or the people that are interested. Right. Uh, what has been your uh, your longest phone call so far? Have you uh, kept track um, yet? I haven't kept track. Right. Um, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Um, it was a simple snow removal request. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously that could take a matter of a minute or two to ask somebody to remove your snow, but we did. We got into her life story and why she needed help with the snow removal. And um, and she did. She told me, you know, thanks for listening. All I have to talk to is my dog. Mm. And it just it melts your heart sometimes and and that's you definitely that's one that i just want to be like oh i just i need to go drive do her driveway <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. i think that's so the thing that's really neat about this is you know a lot of people like you were saying like and i must agree with you like i'm a mom and there were times when i was you know 
staying at home with my my kids there were a few years there and I'm like man I want to change the world like mm-hmm. and obviously like baby steps and I'm changing diapers instead like <laughs> is this the impact I want to have like and I get the importance of that yeah. but it's you want to do something and I think that that's with a lot of with a lot of our volunteers they're mm-hmm. they want to have a, a, a connection to mm-hmm. to people and they want to be the change they see in the world and that's the you're getting you're on the receiving end of like you're getting this person's here's my story I am the one that needs help and you know there's so many people who want to help they just don't know where to go so you know when we get that phone call we can say hey here's this person who really wants to have an impact here's this person that really is just in a time of their life where they need help and we bring them together. I think that that's so cool. Yeah, and they're very appreciative. I found that the people that call in, they're very appreciative. I mean, that's they don't take they don't take the volunteers for granted. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think it takes a whole lot to ask for help to begin with. Right. So. Right. That's a good point. Vulnerability is not uh, is not something that our society really embraces as being a being a good thing, a positive part of society and culture. Uh, it was one of those things that I've been really wrestling with the last couple of years is run, understanding the role of vulnerability and what it takes to actually ask and ask for help. What does it mean to be vulnerable with your community? What does it mean to be vulnerable like in asking for help in general? And you look at why people go, like if you just think about the 3,000 people and you look at their needs, a snow removal project, we can likely say in every neighborhood in Fort Wayne, no matter who's asking for help, there's likely somebody within a couple of blocks, especially on a snow removal or mowing project, that could respond to that need if they knew the need. And there's two things at play. Sure, there's structures within a community and a neighborhood association that doesn't facilitate the communication and connection. So unless you are an outgoing personality or a neighbor that that has prioritized being connected to each other by getting to know the neighbors in and around you so you can call someone or call different people each time. So if you haven't done that, but then the other side of like, do we do we embrace or do we invite vulnerability as neighbors or individuals? So Mrs. Smith that needs her snow shoveled can't or doesn't have the way to, to ask for help in their community functionally and oftentimes it's more preyed on than it is celebrated. And this difference of like, then you get personal about vulnerability and saying like, vulnerability is just traditionally meant to be a, a negative, a bad thing, when we all have vulnerability no matter how s- stable we are. Mm-hmm. We all have vulnerabilities no matter what, and we all have strengths. And it's a matter of getting comfortable and being able to share and live out of both of those. And it's an important aspect, I think, for, for some of the reasons we do what we do and, and uh, are hoping get people to be more comfortable with and I think something that I hear us kick around a lot that you know before I was working here it was something that I never really thought about but it's always said around neighbor link that we're all just a few circumstances away from being that person who needs help and I mean we all need help from time to time like you were saying it doesn't matter when we're our most stable we still are human beings and we have good days and bad but I think that that's where you know, I, th- I feel it's important for people to know that there are all sorts of people that are on our website who need help. I mean, rather 
it's cancer or you're getting a hip replacement and you need somebody to walk your dog or I mean for so many reasons you are I mean you're not exempt from being exposed to life just not life doesn't wait around or slow down for people we deal in the transactions we deal in the the circumstances if you will like the walking the dog or the mowing the grass like that's the function But as we've all just kind of mentioned a few minutes ago of like looking at the impact that this work has done. So by us being active, we're exposing some of our own vulnerability and how this work is helping us grow or transform or become better by doing so. And then illustrating by 25 minute phone calls for something that doesn't take much time is that maybe the greatest gift that we gave or the way that we helped the most was the emotional and mental support and the relational support. And uh, so when we think of we're all a few life circumstances or uh, decisions away from needing the help of others, it, it means more than just economics or structural issues to our house. I have a question, just imagining somebody kind of listening in on this podcast um, or watching, um, wondering, well, how do I see that you guys are involved, but how... Um, how would they get involved if they wanted to select a project on NeighborLink? How would they go about doing that? Derek, how would they go about uh, it? Yes. <laughs> well, you go to the website, of course, and uh, uh, sign up as a volunteer. How do you go to the website? www.what? Oh, nlfw.org. What's that stand for? No- NeighborLink Fort Wayne <laughs> dot org. What if I'm not good with computers? Uh, Give us a call. <laughs> we can walk you through it. Yeah. Heather will step you right through. And I'll animate a graphic at the bottom lower third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I was just <laughs> trying to imagine if I were watching this and I was getting excited, like, I want to do this, but how? So thank you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, functionally on our website, that's the first place to, to go and try to sort that out. Uh, we've tried to make it as easy as possible that uh, you don't necessarily have to go solo. Um, our staff is always here to answer any questions and help people get plugged in. Uh, but we really do put a lot of pressure and a lot of ownership onto our volunteers. It's also one of the things that makes NeighborLink different. We don't have a lot of uh, keyed up volunteer opportunities where you can just show up and be told what to do. We really want our volunteers to wrestle with the process of identifying their own project, having to contact us in some way. We think those steps are, are really important for volunteers. Frankly, if, if you want to volunteer, you're, you're doing so because you want to transform yourself or learn something about yourself in some way. It, it really is a consumer-driven process in saying, I want to learn something new, I want to do something different, I want to make an impact, whatever the motivation is, you are motivated. And we want to help you get there, get the solution to your question as quickly as possible. And the way that happens is by taking ownership right from the beginning. Uh, That's why we love the way our site works and our process. However, we do have staff like Derek and Jeff and some other folks that are available to kind of help to make sure it's easy. But we want to make sure you kind of really wrestle with how do you choose a project? There's over 300 projects waiting for assistance at any given time, we want you to have to deal with like, how do I, how do I begin to choose? Yeah. Because that is a reality of, of our community. I think that uh, 
if our communities are going to transform, it's going to be because more people get involved and take ownership in very small ways than it is any big organization or big government shift. Like, it's all going to be uh, taking on the small projects that help connect us to neighbors so we can figure out how to live and work um, together wherever we're at. Yeah, and the first thing you really, as a, as a volunteer, you need to ask yourself, what, what do I like to do? What am I skilled at? And, uh, and then, you know, look for those projects. And as soon as you see something that really strikes you as a project that you could do, you contact the, the neighbor and you start, start the dialogue. And from there, you decide on how you're going to accomplish to reach out and help them. It's awesome. And I think that another thing, I mean, you mentioned that it's our, getting on our sites really easy. So, I mean, you're literally just getting on there and clicking icons of, yes, I can make food for people. Yes, I can walk dogs. Yes, I can paint. I can do landscape working. And then it's going to narrow it down for you. So it's not, I mean, yes, there are a lot of projects, but it's going to get kind of right down to a handful through. that you can take a yeah. look at and I thought yeah. for a while like I mean I again I worked here for a few months before I was like oh I can do things I didn't know how to roof but I found myself up on a roof with somebody you know there are times when there are projects there's somebody leading them and they need some extra volunteers so I was up on a roof and I had a nail gun and I knew what I was doing within a matter of uh, five minutes of somebody instructing me or I also, you know, was able to landscape. There are things that, I mean, I feel like everybody can do. I mean, my kids have come along with me on projects at, at times. So, um, and one other thing I wanted to mention about that is that one of the things we do at NeighborLink is we make sure that we're going to eliminate barriers. So if you want to go out and you want to mow lawns, but you need a lawnmower, I mean, get a hold of us. It's our job to make sure that you have everything you need and that you're not missing out on volunteering because you need a power washer. We have that. We have tools available to our volunteers who want to go out and serve. As we look to uh to transition and kind of to move into this, I'd really love for us to go around and talk about like what we all think is is a good neighbor um, as a good baseline to get this started. Uh, I'll start for me. What I'm beginning to learn about what a, what it means to be a good neighbor, I think there's so much about about being intentional and being aware of my surroundings. So I look at like what does it look like for my family and my wife and I to be good neighbors where we're at, and it's so much about for, for us right now is do we do we at least have a name recognition uh, with our neighbors? Are we aware of who's around us? Are we aware of what's changing for the good, for the bad, for what's different around us? Like is, what, is this street becoming, is there a lot more trash on the street than usual? And then what is my response to that? Should I do something about that? How do I find that out? What is that? Uh, is something different with my neighbor that lives next to me or down the street? Is are they not getting their snow shoveled this year? Because they did last year, you know, we've been there for a while. So I think for me, uh, what does it mean to be a good neighbor is am I aware of those around us? And what am I sensing that is different or changing in them or with them? And then ultimately being responsive to that. Am I asking? Am I creating a relationship? Um, those types of things. Mm -hmm. Curious what, what everybody else would have to Yeah, I, just, I think it's a really incredible question. The, the, um, 
I think the biggest thing for me in terms of uh, being a good neighbor and having the community um, is to make sure that your neighbors um, recognize that you would be you're willing and able to help them and um, show your love in that way um, and then obviously um, like you say name recognition make sure you know all your neighbors and uh, and and so if there is any issues you can certainly pick up on them as time goes on and and uh, it can become a much more tight-knit um, and helpful community so yeah showing your concern for your neighbors I think is I would agree. the number one thing um, for me I'm really bad with names I'm so bad with the names so um, I think that that's important it definitely makes me feel good when somebody knows my name especially in my neighborhood but um, so what I tried to do to compensate for my lack of being great with names is uh, again like you were saying just being aware and noticing things um, also trying to something that I've been doing is to try to show up to community events that people are doing even when they don't seem that exciting to I try to show up and participate and also to um, lend a hand to the neighborhood association president to make sure she's not getting too worn out if if I can um, and then you know to the newer people who are kind of entering in the neighborhood association just you know encouraging them um, to keep up the good work and I mean I I grew up with my my grandfather always helping people and mowing lawns and I I would like to you know inspire myself to do more of that because I mean I selected my neighborhood and I want my children to you know I want to lead by example and I want them to see wow that's what my mom does just the way that my grandpa did for me I mean this is their neighborhood and I hope that you know they they feel safe in it and comfortable and that people the neighbors are looking out for my kids the way that I'm looking out for theirs so yeah that's great Steve any thoughts I think it in a lot of ways, we, we look at uh, relationships as being transactional, like uh, being a barista for, for years and years and years. Like there's a, a tip for tat uh, of way that that dynamic and that friendship and those relationships form. But I think that being a good neighbor, being an excellent neighbor, uh, is intentional by reprioritizing uh, that relationship not from transaction but transformation um out of a place of love like, dang that's a really good right? answer yeah. your oh. answer's better than <laughs> mine <And> Pastor <laughs> <Steve is stepping laughs> up. Uh, i take my answer back that's uh, <laughs> and also be by being not in a hurry right i mean if yeah. you can slow it's things so down hard. and get to know people <laughs> uh, we had a family move in across the street while we were on vacation and a week after we got back from vacation, we took in a foster baby. And for the next three months, it was just it was just, just sleepless nights and crying babies. And a lot of, the first time I met my neighbor across the street, I was putting a bag of diapers into the dumpster, in a little trash bin. And he, I was just so exhausted. It was like Sunday afternoon and I'd been up since like 4 a.m. And that's how I met my buddy Zach across the street. And uh, the next day, we had this storm and a limb, just, just giant limb, just crashed in his yard. And here he is trying to, like, with a hacksaw, try to chop it up. Uh, and it took me half an hour debating on whether or not to take him a chainsaw because uh, 
I was afraid and apprehensive about like admitting I don't know how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> it came with the house. So did um, you do it? <laughs> I walked it over. They're like, uh, it's yours if you can use it. <laughs> but uh, getting over that apprehension yeah. and forming that relationship out of love. And... I have one quick story. I lived next to my neighbors. It had been three years. And the way that our driveways work out, like they, we'd never really talked. We said hi. A good friend of mine, she was like, have you met them yet? And I'm like, uh, no. But so either way, it had been three years, and we were there was a storm, and it knocked our fence over, and it forced us mm-hmm. to become friends. And we were having our wedding in our backyard, and they were like, you know what? How about you just leave the fence down, and your guests can come over into our yard? And it was it took a fence falling down. That's good. <laughs> being a neighbor is uh, being a... Trying to figure out how to be good neighbors and exercise and learning how to be uncomfortable mm. with social interactions. I don't know how many, I, like, I've had to learn to like, just shoot, I gotta go and say, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, or okay. can we re- reintroduce each other again? Uh, or I don't know how to use this chainsaw, but you are welcome to have it. Uh, Heather, uh, what does it mean to be a good neighbor to you? Um, I think just a simple smile and a wave sometimes. Um, You want people to feel like they can come up to you if they need something. Um, And we had a similar incident, not incident, but um, neighbor couldn't figure out. Same thing, snowblower came with the house, couldn't figure out how to use it. My husband was like, do I go? We didn't know them. Do I go say anything I don't want to insult him mm. for not right. being able to figure out the snowblower and long story short eventually we did meet them and we've been helping with the snowblowing but I just want people to feel like they can come to me like oh she seems like a nice person I don't um so yeah just smiling and waving I feel like sometimes it's just Makes people feel like they can come to you if they need. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, It's it's nice to have neighbors around. I mean, you get in your zone like you're, okay, I'm putting up Halloween decorations. And I have one neighbor, he'll start talking to me. I'm like, putting decorations up. I'm trying to focus. And I'm like, Lindsay, really? Yeah. If they catch you in a bad time or something. It's good. It's like when your kids are like, come play with me on the floor. Real? Oh, you're right. Okay, I need to slow down. So are they right? Yeah, <laughs> thankful. They're right. Uh, team, thanks, thanks for joining us on this episode of podcast. Hopefully, we can get the rest of our coworkers on a on a future episode here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining the team and being up for these conversations. I think they're really important. And uh, like this particular podcast and all the other videos, we're just trying to to ask questions and uh, influence culture, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. But. I think what we're doing is is really important. It's transformed our lives, so I think it's worth sharing. And that's really what we're trying to do here. Uh, for the listeners or the watchers of Neighboring Podcast, thanks for tuning in. Like I mentioned, this is the beginning of Season 2, and we plan on launching new episodes weekly for the next couple of months. And uh, we're going to talk to all kinds of different folks, pastors, community leaders. We're going to do some more internal conversations like this. There's a lot of things around NeighborLink that we're wrestling with and having deep conversations on. And we want to have that conversation publicly with you uh, that we can all maybe learn and process together. So expect a lot of different content, but each week we'll be back with a new episode of Neighboring uh, starting in a couple of weeks. Thanks and uh, enjoy your day.